Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Taniguzzi with Winnipeg's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Joining me today is Jay Hall, who is a serial entrepreneur based out of Winnipeg. Thanks for joining us today, Jay. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, you describe yourself as a serial entrepreneur. Tell me a little bit about some of the ventures that you're uh, involved in. Well, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 15 years old. Uh, so I've uh, built and uh, sold a few companies in my time, mostly in the entertainment space. Uh, currently, I have Ticketote, which is a uh, event management and ticketing website, which Canada's podcast helped us get a golden ticket to Dragon's Den for. Uh, I also run an IT and marketing agency called Sync Digital Solutions. And uh, I have uh, a Halloween event, which is actually currently in the process of being sold. Uh, that is one of Canada's largest Halloween events. Very scary. Very scary. <laughs> How long have you doing that, been doing that? <laughs> uh, so this was technically the fifth year. Uh, we did Fear 5 in 2021, but we weren't able to do 2019 or 2020. Our venue burnt down in 2019 in the summer, and then in 2020, COVID, so we couldn't do it. All right. Tell me a, a little bit about... Uh, uh, the entrepreneurship journey that you've been on. Um, what I found really interesting is on your website, I have to read this uh, correctly. Uh, you have a quote, life is too short to sit still. Does yes. that basically describe you? It does. And you know where I got that from? Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Hunky Bill and the Hunky Bill pierogi maker. Yes. Uh, yeah. okay, so he's my great, he, he was my great uncle until he passed away uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and he always had a, a similar quote, much more grim though, is that if I stand still, the grim reaper is going to get me. Uh, so he, uh, he refused to stand still. He was an entrepreneur his whole life. Um, and, uh, I kind of took that up from him. I heard that as a kid growing up. Right. And, uh, yeah, I never stand still for very long at all. <laughs> Tell me, uh, you know, go back in time. Uh, you know, what was your very first venture as a 15 year old? Uh, I was a, it actually stems from grade six. Uh, a girl asked me to dance at a, at a class dance, scared the living daylights out of me, stepped on her feet, sweating profusely the whole time. And I wanted nothing to do with that ever again. So I became a DJ and, uh, so I could be controlling the music. I didn't have to dance with anybody yeah. and uh, DJ led into, uh, promotions and marketing. And that was my first real business throwing events. Okay. And so your career has been a, a lot around that uh, entertainment field, right? Yeah. Entertainment and marketing are the two very common themes in my entrepreneurial journey, for sure. Why, why that, that area, I guess? You know, uh, because I, I, one, I didn't keep a, a normal sleeping schedule. <laughs> so uh, being up all night, kind of uh, being like a bat uh, was, uh, was my natural state. Uh, so entertainment and DJing and promotions lended itself to that. Marketing kind of came out of that. I was doing marketing for nightclubs and, and events that I was a part okay. of. And my VIPs that would come in own businesses and they would say, hey, how did you do this? Can you do this for us? And that's kind of how I became and got really heavily into marketing. All right. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, the um, uh, Dragon's Den uh, experience. Yeah, it's it's been full of uh of peaks and valleys we'll say uh so uh we got the the golden ticket um i had actually auditioned before uh and i kept getting told that uh 
do you need the dragon's den which i was like no i really do but i i something about it i don't know so we got the golden ticket i got back on with the producer on monday uh and uh we had a discussion around uh you know changes and a lot had changed in the couple months since i actually i talked to them on on saint patrick's day i was in las vegas I was at a St. Patrick's Day party and I'm trying to talk to Dragon's Den and all my friends around me are trying to distract me. It was it was a wild day. Uh, <laughs> so I got to do the I got the pitch. I got the pitch as part of the golden ticket and I'm just waiting to hear back. OK, so uh, and can you maybe describe just a little bit about the company? Uh, ticket Tote? Yeah. Or yeah. Um, yeah. So Ticket Tote, it's a company that was, it actually has a pretty interesting backstory. So in 2006, there was this guy named Steve Schaefer. Um, he started a, a Manitoba wedding socials company. A lot of people won't know what that is. A wedding socials basically where two people decide to get married and either themselves or their friends throw a party to pay for the wedding. Very yeah. cool. It's like crowdfunding for weddings. I was um, at one so, a few years ago in Winnipeg. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very uniquely Manitoba concept. And uh, so he started this website. He wanted to get into more general events, but he didn't have a development background or an events background. So I came on and I helped him on the development side a bit. And I was one of the site's first customers. Fast forward to 2016, unfortunately, Steve became uh, terminally ill and uh, he uh, ended up selling Diobo to me um, to make sure to handle any debt that was left over. And uh, around that time, I broke my back and ended up paralyzed. Um, yeah, really bad injury in the gym, uh, both vertebrae discs, all my ribs on the right side smashed. My yes. spine was, dis was uh, dislocated by 12 degrees. My, oh. my sciatic nerve had been almost torn completely in half. Um, so it was two and a half years of recovery. And originally why I bought Diobo was for my, for my projects, for my events. But as I had to recover, I fell off of the event wagon a little bit and, and didn't throw a lot of events, obviously, because yeah. I was in such pain. And uh, then, then, you know, then our venue burns down for fear, the only event that I'm doing. Uh, and then COVID hits and I'm like, oh boy, what am I going to do with myself? Um, so that's when I decided uh, early 2021 that my, I was going to put all my focus. Uh, you know, there, 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 there's, a, there's usually for an entrepreneur, there's an epiphany moment. Yeah. Where you go, I am, I might be my, my, my greatest problem <laughs> and that I'm not looking at myself rationally and thinking, where are my strengths? Let's go that direction. A lot of times I found when I was younger, I was guided by things that I like passion and, it, but I wasn't guided by what I was strong in. So mm -hmm. then when I, I sat down, I said, okay, I'm strong in events. I'm strong yeah. in marketing and I'm strong in, in development. I can run a development team. So that's when we decided in tw early 2021 to really just make ticket tote our main priority and uh, and we have since 10x our income from 2020 to 2021 to 2022 so far. Our, our year to date is projected to actually uh, 25x our 2021. Oh wow! So yeah. um, you know, uh, with that uh, experience that you had with uh, your injury, like, what did you learn from all that? Perseverance above anything else. I mean, I was paralyzed completely for three weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, you need something to hold on to something to, to, to go after, right? Because I was being told by multiple doctors, there's a good chance you may wheelchair for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, if it's not now, this injury is going to continue. Invasive back surgeries are going to be terrible. Um, mm -hmm. I come from a research background because of all the work that I've done in, in, uh, in marketing. And you yeah. have to have a good research background to keep on top of all these crazy changes that happen in digital. 
And uh, so I started researching and a nurse actually helped me in the hospital research stem cells and stem cell surgery is what got me back up on my feet. And it, I am now hundred percent, I'm probably in better shape now than I've ever been. And uh, so I, I really learned in that to take my time, really figure things out and don't quit. Like, there's always this voice, especially for entrepreneurs, because everybody's telling you around that you're around you, that you're absolutely nuts. Yeah, and that you should exactly. quit and you should just go get a regular job. So, so that's what everybody's telling me. And I, and I, I just, I had to push through that. Right. So how old are you, by the way? Uh, I, I try not to tell people I'm 25 for life, 25 for life. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's but a mindset I, the, thing. The reason I ask is, is that you've obviously uh, at a younger age uh, learned a lot of um, uh, lessons in life, like, and wisdom, uh, uh, you know, through, through obviously your experience, right? Yeah. You know what I would say in the last, uh, since the injury, which was in 2016, uh, that is 2016 to now. And I hope into the future have been my largest growth periods, especially yeah. as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, when you're younger and you're 15, 16, you're walking to boardrooms, you're pretty much the, the, the court jester walking into the kingdom. Right. <laughs> and nobody's really taking you seriously. And then as you get older, you realize they shouldn't have taken me seriously because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was flying by the seat of my pants the entire time. Yeah. So I, I, I've definitely learned two, two valuable lessons, especially through COVID and through my injury, were to be a better person. And as a result of being a better person, I'm a better entrepreneur. So um, I, I just wanted to ask, uh, Jay, so how did you get that injury? Like what happened? Uh, I was uh, doing, uh, I was just had a modest weight, 125 uh, pounds on the squat bar. And it was this new kind of machine. And I was using it and I was in an up squat position and a cable snapped and 420 pounds fell on my back. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. And my, and my body was pushing up. So instinctively, when the weight hit, I pushed up. And I actually didn't know for eight hours I was injured. I left the gym. I went and got food. I sat down. I started to get a fever. I went to lay down to bed. I woke up and couldn't move. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What do you like about uh, being an entrepreneur in Winnipeg specifically? Being an entrepreneur in Winnipeg, you know, it's the best thing about being an entrepreneur, I think in general, is when you get to the point where you have some freedom, yeah. right? Like I'm very busy. All the, you know, anybody you ask is say, I'm probably one of the busiest people that they know. However, if you need me, I can be there. If there's something, you know, great happening that, that is last minute, I can probably show up. I can probably make it happen. If, uh, if somebody's got Winnipeg Jets tickets, uh, you know, two hours before the game, I can make the game. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not tied to a specific schedule. And I think that that, it, above all else, is what I love about being an entrepreneur. So I'm curious, you know, um, obviously, if I'm starting at a young age, have you ever worked, like, for somebody? Like yeah. somebody, your boss? Once a subway. What's that? Probably didn't like it, right? No, no. Once it was at Subway when I was young, um, I was trying to get a better car. Uh, it didn't go well. Um, you know, uh, somebody telling me where to be, what to do and all that. I, I, uh, it, did, it just didn't go well. Um, my second time was actually when I was, I was letting those naysayers get to me, uh, letting them, you know, get in my head. And I said, you know what? I probably can't do this. So I went and got a job on a board of directors for one of the largest hotel chains in, in uh, Canada based here in Winnipeg. And I spent 18 months and I actually came home one day and all my friends are in my living room. 
And I'm looking, I'm like, what are you guys all doing here? And they said, we need to talk. I, said, I'm, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. What, 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 what could this intervention possibly be? And it was because I had become so miserable oh. in, a, in a regular job that they needed to pull me back and say, we were wrong. We're sorry about what we said to you. You need to get back to being an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that, right? Because, uh, you know, I'll just give you a quick story of myself. I was uh, at the Calgary Herald for 35 years as a as a reporter, editor, and columnist, all that type of stuff, and was laid off uh, six, six and a half, six plus years ago now. Uh, but I didn't realize how miserable I was, right? And, uh, and uh, being laid off, forced to become an entrepreneur yourself and, and do your own thing, and totally cha uh, a change and a flip in the, in the mindset, right? And uh, I, yeah, I think that's the appeal, isn't it, for a lot of entrepreneurs to be independent, to be on your own, to be in, in charge of your own destiny, I guess. I would say so. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I heard it and I always thought it was a cliche, but, you know, like Mark Cuban said it, uh, you know, every I, I'm pretty sure every successful entrepreneur said it. They said the two motivations for entrepreneurship should be freedom and the ability to drive your own destiny. Yeah. The two motivations that should not be why you become an entrepreneur is money and women. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why I'm not in nightclubs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Cuban, but uh, when you, and you mentioned your uncle, uh, when you look through your entrepreneurial journey, where did you learn the most about being an entrepreneur? Uh, uh, through anybody in particular, through any books? Uh... Um. Boy, I digest a lot of information. Uh, so definitely growing up, I was very interested in how my uncle's life went because he always just seemed to be so happy and free, even though he was a very hard line, old school Ukrainian dude. Uh, he was he was just he just had this he had something that nobody else around him had. And I couldn't quite quantify it as a kid, but I knew I wanted it. Um, and then I would say uh, growing up, Honestly, Dragon's Den and Shark Tank, huge impact on my life. Really? Um, you learn so much if you just stop and listen. And it's funny, after I, after I got the golden ticket, I actually went back and watched everything. I decided to take a week and not do anything else. Just watch Dragon's Den, Shark Tank, Shark Tank Australia, and Dragon's Den UK. I watch every episode. My notes, I hit the, the, the character limit on notes on Apple Notes. Oh, wow. uh, just taking notes about all the pitches. And, I, and then I, I put together a little algorithm myself to find the commonalities and the pitches that they liked and didn't like. Right. And, uh, and, and I was really able to flush. I think my pitch on my business is better than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, Blinkist is another great resource for me. It's a, it's a, they sum up books in audio form um, because entrepreneurs, you know, it's funny, actually talked about Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban said he always, he had this challenge to his kids as growing up to, to read as many books as they could. Yeah. Uh, but he, but then he, they started telling him stuff. He's like, where did you learn that? And they said, oh, I learned that on YouTube. And he said, oh, the, the, the information is being digested differently now. So while I do try to read at least a few business books a year, um, every morning I do, I, I have one business book and one uh, kind of like mindset book that I do on Blinkist. Takes a, a book that might take me a week or two to read, uh, compacts it down into 25, 30 minutes. 
Um, and uh, I've learned a lot through that. And another way is uh, Las Vegas. Um, I, I've, it's kind of like my second home. And uh, the, 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 the business community there is so supportive and so incredibly inspiring that every time I go there, I come back and I just have fire in me. And, uh, you know, the, you'll, you'll, sit, you'll, you'll be in a, like Lounge 66 at Resort World and you'll sit around, you'll be with all these multimillionaires and even billionaires. And they want to know what you're doing. They want to help. They want to, you know, drive contacts and everything. That's not something I find everywhere else in the world. So if I'm feeling a little blue, I just head to Vegas and I get my business inspiration. Well, excellent. Uh, so I'm curious when well, you mentioned that, you know, putting everything together and, and the algorithm, what were some of the common commonalities, the key commonalities that you found? Well, one of the things that, that I mean, I think we all know, you have to know your numbers. That was, that one was key. <laughs> Um, the, where my algorithm actually could not properly compute was uh, between making money and not making money. So be pre-profit and, and into a profitable company. There's no consistency at all. So I learned that that piece of it is based on their gut. Um, mm-hmm. Debt definitely drives down any pitch. And if it's over $300,000, uh, under $300,000, it doesn't seem to matter. Um, owning 100% of your company gets you at least one deal from as long as your product makes sense, right? <laughs> or your service makes sense. Um, another couple of things that I, I thought were really interesting was, uh, so uh, I, I hate to say it because I, I don't have a good Italian accent, but Vicenzo, uh, he will do deals that even though he's not an emotional guy, that he feels an emotional attachment to. Uh, yeah. That's the only deals he does. And then he'll also come in way higher on 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 what you than what you want for percentage wise. Um, and uh, another really interesting thing was uh, Dragon's Den. The hardest line dragon um, is Manjit, and the uh, softest line dragon uh, out of the algorithm was Wes. Um, so uh, another couple of things, I guess, to 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 put a point on that, uh, just in general for pitchers is uh, if you come in. And you're able to properly uh, properly pitch out what your company is, what your differentiators are, and what your numbers are, all cohesive within basically a breath. Yeah. You're going to get more positive affinity from the dragons than if you're coming and you're trying to break it up into parts. Yeah. Now that could be cuts that they're doing creatively, but I'm not sure. But that that's what the algorithm came well, back with. You know, it's it's interesting, right? Because. Uh, uh, today in the today's world, we have so many of these uh, quote unquote pitches, right? Uh, uh, at competitions, right? You know, universities have them, banks have them, uh, and yeah. stuff. And, and a lot of them are like thirty seconds. Like, tell me what your, your business is in thirty seconds. I, I guess if you can't, uh, if you can't uh, put everything together, that's the most important thing in thirty seconds. Uh, you know. You're probably toast and stuff like that, right? You've got to put you. You've got to be precise and concise and 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 to the point, right? Yeah. What I always feel is the first thirty seconds, you should be able to say what your business is, who your audience is, why you're different, and why people would pick you. And then in your last thirty seconds, you should be able to just spit out your numbers. Yeah. Right. Um, And that that, I think that that's and when I did the pitch for you guys, that that's that's what I tried to do with my pitch because I did I, I hit. I cut right to that 60 second mark. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, I, you know, when I looked on your website, uh, Jay, uh, 
there was a line there about uh, being involved in uh, community activism. What does that mean and uh, how does that uh, shape out for you? Yeah, so uh, over the years, I've used uh, my businesses, my projects to try to do some social good. Uh, the earliest example I have of that was I had a TV show. Nobody should have given me a TV show when I was that young, but I, I had a TV show called Def 11. It was all about the hip hop scene in Winnipeg. And oh, we wow. did it from our from our nightclub night at, at this uh, old, old nightclub called Mardi Gras. And um, what I did there was uh, when the tsunami hit uh, in um, in South Asia, wow. uh, we did a we did this huge 24 hour stayed up for 24 hours benefit at St. Patel Shopping Center. Uh, it was streamed on TV. It was in the mall uh, 24 hours straight. I was up hosting this thing. Uh, and, uh, we ended up raising quite a lot of money for that. Um, and then, but I didn't, I did a few more of those things, but I didn't really feel like the money was the connection for me. I didn't like raising money. I liked actually getting, getting in there. Yeah. Uh, so the two most recent examples I have of this are, uh, there are a lot, there was a lot of controversy around taxi cabs in Manitoba and uh, a lot of incidents happening. And the Manitoba government was controlled by something called the taxi cab board. And yeah. uh, they were they had a monopoly on transportation here. So I put together a petition and an advocacy for ride sharing in Manitoba. Uh, out of that came the dismantling of the taxi cab board completely. And we got ride sharing. Um, the most recent example I have is, uh, uh, was it last summer? No, the summer before. Uh, we did a, uh, a campaign. So Manitoba's nurses were going on to year six without an active contract. No well, rate of inflation pay increases. Uh, they were working, they were being mandated for 16, 24 hour shifts. Uh, it, it was it was a mess. Our healthcare is a mess, but nurses needed a lot of help. And it, it felt like it kept getting worse, it, you know? Yeah. And and then I heard uh, that our current premier, or not our current premier now, but our premier at the time had said, nobody cares about this issue. I'm not willing to put political capital into it. So <laughs> I made him care about the issue. I put together a group of people we went out, we, we printed up our own signs. Uh, we had these giant banners hanging at, at all, all throughout the city with our website, mbnursesmatter.ca, did a petition, did all the news, went door to door. We did everything we could uh, to get first an arbitrator for them because we knew if there's an arbitrator, they would get some sort of contract. And then within a couple months, they had a contract. Okay. Why is that important to you? Like, why is, why is it important to be involved in the community? not only for yourself in, in general, but for, for any entrepreneur? Um, I'm not Mark Cuban. I'm not Bill Gates. I'm not, I, don't have a, I don't have a fat bank account like they do. I'd love to have one one day, but we'll see. Um, but uh, I do have a certain amount of success and social latitude. <laughs> and I feel like it's important that if you get, I, I, I think it's really important as human beings to look at our station in life and say, how can I help no matter what situation we're in? You know, like when I was younger and I was DJing, the way I helped was I would play charity parties for free instead oh, yeah. of charging them. You know, little thing. I couldn't do much because I was a kid that was DJing. Um, but that's what I found that I could do. Here I have, you know, I've made media contacts and I have, you know, I, I have a, a pretty robust uh, database of people in Manitoba. So I said, nurses matter. Nurses, nurses have, have saved my back, right? I told you, a nurse is the one that got me into stem cell surgery and it saved me. Um, and on a couple occasions, nurses have really been there for me. Uh, so I just look and I say, this is something I care about. I better do something about it. And uh, because I had the ability to do it. I think yeah. it's just a, it's a responsibility. Yeah, excellent. 
All right. Any uh, last question I have for you? Any uh, other plans uh, out there in terms of uh, uh, thinking up of new ideas and new uh, businesses? We're actually so um, so Ticket Tote is probably going to be developed forever. <laughs> uh, we have a very aggressive timetable for us right now. Uh, we're 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 putting out two new features a week minimum for the rest of the year and have been doing that since January for Ticket Tote. Where we are going in the future, I can't really say exactly because it's it's you know it's under lock and key secret, yeah. but um, we are going to become the most social event ticketing platform on the planet by or by Q2 next year. All right. Look forward to hearing more about that in the future. Thanks a lot, Jay, for joining us today. That was excellent. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, super. That was Jay Hall, serial entrepreneur uh, based in Winnipeg. I'm Mario Tanaguzzi. This has been Winnipeg's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us.